world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Ooh, pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. <laughs> well, I got it. finally got something figured out. Got something figured out right here. I, I, coming out of the gates, <clears throat> I I figured out finally why people, why a lot of people were turned off by the old coach. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't figure it out. And then I did. Spencer, pull up Dion for me there. Dion Sanders. You guys all remember Dion Sanders or know of Dion Sanders? Uh, you know he was. Uh, Prime time, he called himself. He came out of Florida State University. Unbelievable athlete. Played professional football and professional baseball. No, but Major League Baseball and NFL football. Dude, that's, I, you have any idea how what kind of athlete you have to be to do that? And he called himself prime time, and he was braggadocious. And, uh, you know, he's building his brand. I, I get it. Now he's a head football coach at Jackson State University down in uh, – uh, Jackson, Mississippi, lost, uh, by the way, uh, lost his big toe, had to have his big toe amputated, maybe a couple of his toes from some diabetes or something like that. I don't know if it was a jab. I don't know about anything. But I saw this yesterday. It's it's very short clip. And I said, dang, that's it. That is me. So I'm going to let Deion Sanders explain me to you. Okay, go ahead, Spencer something and I want you to hold on to it. All right, get your cameras ready because this is game. Do not allow my confidence to offend your insecurity. If I could get up and dance, I would dance right now. If I could get up and shout, I would shout right now. Do not allow my confidence to offend your insecurity because I dress like I dress because I'm confident. I look like I look because he's confident. We walk like we walk because we're confident. I don't even use cologne. Now, that, this, 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 somebody asked me, what is that you're wearing? I say, confidence. It, it, it's my natural odor. It's my natural odor. I don't, I don't have to use Dolce or whatever it is. It's my natural odor. Come on, coach, let's do it. Because if you look good, you feel, feel good. good. And if you feel, feel good, good, you play good. If you play good, they pays good. <laughs> Sometimes you got to, I'm going to say something that I Okay, so there you go. That's the odor coming off of me, all right? <laughs> Confidence, right? Mm. Confidence. And I think part of it is because I was always so small. For those of you who don't, who, you know, on a good day, I'm 5'7", on a good day. And so I've always been, I, I don't want to use the term um, Napoleonic complex because it really isn't that. I don't, I don't have a desire, a burning desire to be, be boss, a burning desire to be the center of attention. I, n- I never had that kind of complex, but I had a Napoleonic complex in that you weren't going to take advantage of me just because I was small. I always had that, always did. And I always took every time someone challenged something that was going on, I always took it. I started oozing confidence. And people don't, that is so true, don't let your insecurity be impacted by my lack of insecurity. 
confident. Because why? I know that he who began a good work in me is going to complete it. I know in whom I have believed. I know now in whom my confidence is. When I was a young guy, pushing back against my brothers and all that stuff, no, no. It was, I was, it was me. It was me trying to be important. Me trying to give, make, a, make a place for my little body to squeeze in. It was me. It isn't anymore. It isn't me anymore. I died to that guy. I killed that guy but I still smell like confidence. So those of you out there that that have a hard time with me barking and yelling and screaming and slinging spit and all that kind of stuff, it's my cologne. (laughs) It's my cologne. It's called confidence. It's my cologne. Praise the Lord, man. I got uh, Myra, get ready to get you in here. I I have got a plethora. Wow, stuff to talk about today plethora of it. And I know that if I, I let Mar- Myra jump in here, she's going to change the direction with her good scripture today. So let me, let me, let me point something out here real quick. That I want, uh, I've, been, I've been noticing this phenomenon for quite a while. <clears throat> talk about white privilege. Talk about male privilege. You talk about whatever. You know, what the, you know what the most unfair privilege of all is? I just kind of gave it a word. It's beauty privilege, beauty privilege. You understand that we tend to give more respect to pretty people. You understand that? That if what, you look at all the commercials, you look at everything that's going on, they never put a fat, ugly, I hate to use that term. They never put an overweight, ugly, pimpled face girl with braces on to sell a product. They never, ever do that. Ever. And I'm I'm convinced that a lot of people in today's society gain authority simply because they look good. Can I say Kardashians? Hmm? And, and do we realize the power of beauty and how unfair it is? And do, do we understand that a woman with a beautiful body, big, you know, what's it all looking good? Do you realize? She didn't do anything to get that. She didn't get anything to get that. She was born with that. I'm born 5'7", 200 pounds. She's born whatever. Big talking 6'4", John Wayne types. That isn't fair, is it? That isn't fair. To me, that's far more unfair than white privilege. Far more unfair. White privilege. Because all of us look in the mirror. Just look at look at yourself in the mirror. You know something? You can't really do anything about that. And if you are appealing to the eye, you immediately have more authority. Sorry. I'm sorry. Why do they call Donald Trump orange man? Because they don't want you to like what he looks like. Right? You get it? You see what's going on? Do you see what's going on with the glorification of, of bodies and faces and makeup and earrings and nose rings? And Do you understand what's going on? Because there is a glorification of image. And sadly, we have, we have very little respect for people who aren't pretty. I mean, you got to earn it. You got to earn it. You can earn it. But if you're not pretty... If you're not handsome, man, it's hard. It's hard to make it. It's hard to make it. And so in all this stuff, black privilege and 
a women privilege, a male privilege. No, 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 no. It isn't. Uh-uh. That's not what it is. So I just want to throw out that out there today that that is the greatest um, advantage anyone could ever have. That is to be born pretty. Didn't do anything about it. Didn't do anything about it. And I'm like you. You scroll down, jump on Facebook, scroll down Facebook. See how many ugly people you see on Facebook. I I don't mean individuals. I mean commercials. Pretty, 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 pretty. Big boobs, big boobs, big boobs. Pretty, 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 pretty. Women with lipstick, their tongue sticking out. Pretty, 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 pretty. pretty. Kardashians, pretty, 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 pretty. And so what do we do? We want our children to be what? Pretty, 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 pretty. Because we understand the power of beauty. We'll call it beauty privilege from now on. Myra, go ahead and pray us in. Yes, Coach. Uh, the reading today will be from Ezekiel 11, 19 through 22. Sounds like trouble. Ezekiel 11 sounds like trouble. <clears throat> Ezekiel 11, or 19. Okay, go ahead. Down. Is this King James up there? You, you, still, you don't have it. 19 through what? Go ahead, Myra. Yes, Coach. It is written, and I will give them one heart. By the way, I- Myra, one of the best football teams we ever had when we started to get good at London High School. You know, we put, we put emblems, or we put, you know, a shirt. You put, uh, you put London football and a picture of a football. That was the shirts that we wore, right? So we had London football with a football in the middle. You know what it said in the middle of the football? One heartbeat. One heartbeat. The team had one heartbeat. Go ahead. That's what you're saying here, isn't it? Go ahead, Myra. Yes, coach. And I will put a new spirit within you. Mm. And, and I will take the stony heart out of their fresh, and I will give them a heart of fresh. That they may walk in my statutes and keep my ordinance and do them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. But as for them whose heart walketh after the heart of their detestable things, and their abominations, I will recompense their way upon their own heads, saith the Lord God. Recompense means to pay. Recompense means to pay them, to reward them. I will reward their way upon their own heads, says the Lord God. Then did the cherubims lift up their wings and the wheels beside them, and the glory of the God of Israel was over them above. Amen, 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 amen. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to Coach Dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you. I release the anointing that breaks the power of evil. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. I got uh, I got rid of the, uh, I got rid of T-Mobile Internet. Didn't do anything but screw me up for about six days. So I'm back to my old one, and uh, hopefully we'll get by without some without some problems. Sarah, you want to jump in here real quick? Go ahead. Yeah, thanks, Coach. Beauty has changed over the millennia. 
um, now it's thin women, but there was a time when obesity was thought of as beautiful and wealth because you could afford to eat. That's right. That's right. By the way, we're going back towards that a little bit now. It's a thing called MILF. hate to tell you this. MILF, M-I-L-F, M-I-L-F. It's a movement of, uh, dare I say it, pornography involving older women. A MILF is a, I, I don't know what MILF stands for, but it's a middle-aged woman who shows her assets and young men are drawn to it. You tell me that's not sick. Because the Bible tells us, by the way, that uh, uh, a relationship between an old, uh, a young, uh, let me get this right, an older man and a younger woman, kosher, it's okay. But a younger man and an older woman, no, 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 no. Now, listen, I'm not talking about those of you out there who are married four years difference or even uh, 10 years. I'm just, I'm just saying that the Bible's very, very clear that it has to do, all of our sexual uh, being has to do with reproduction. It just happens to be that God made sex fun and pleasurable and enjoyable because he wanted people doing it. But he wanted people doing it because he wanted children. He wanted children be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. And so there's a move going on. Look, I, I fight my weight all the time because I'm not very tall. I fight my weight all the time. But we're very, very body conscious in America. And there's a move going now. Walk into your local Walmart and look, just look, look around. Look around how, how overweight and sick we are. All We are. I'm, it's, now, that's maybe because of the GMOs and the food. I think it's a problem. There's a lot of reasons why. So now what they're starting to give us is what they call, can I say it? Plus size models plus size. In other words, they're now trying to make heavier women attractive because they're seeing more and more heavier women. It's all manipulation. This this life we're in is all manipulation. Go to the calendar real quick. I Really, I got some deep stuff I want to cover with. I'm kind of lighthearted right here, but I I really do. Got a big one, Michigan Salt Light Brigade event coming up this weekend up in Michigan. Dave, I don't know if you're out there. If you want to say anything about it, we're looking forward to it. Chad Estes is coming in. Uh, Chad's uh, flying in here. We're driving up there uh, this weekend. Going to have a great time. So anybody in that Michigan area, Dave, you want to say something about it? Go ahead. Yeah, Coach, we're excited to have you up, and uh, we're ready for you here in Michigan. And, again, it's going to be a great day. Hey, the weather's going to be beautiful. And so uh, come on up. And, uh, is, again, I encourage anybody within driving dis- distance, come on. And join us. It'll be a great time. Amen, Dave. Look forward to coming. And then uh, next weekend, Pennsylvania Spiritual Warfare, have a crushing hell's weekend. That's going to be a uh, great event as well. So, uh, uh, Bobby out there, or excuse me, Pennsylvania Brett, anybody want to say anything, say anything about that event? Well, it's, uh, yeah, I want to say uh, Yeah, it's going to be a great weekend. Uh, we got hotel rooms available. Do that. Uh, we're going to be on the street at a hunking way. starts Friday night, a couple of speakers Saturday afternoon, and Sunday morning Dave Hefker is going to be at the church uh, speaking some words, crushing hell's weekend. And, and we, listen, it's not free. Uh, the reason we can put this thing, the reason I can say it's free is because of donations. So I encourage you to go there, donate, and that allows more people to come in. All right, Bobby. And then uh, 
They can find, I assume they can find a place to stay out here on the thing. Bobby. Hotel. Yeah, it's all right. I'll keep yeah, it. We, we, we got a hotel reserved there at a lower rate. So it's listed there. Go there, find the number, call, and they'll take care of it. All right, Bobby. All right. Anybody else? Uh, Julie, anybody else for the good of the group before I dive in here? Go ahead, Julie. Good morning. Um, you know, you were talking about the confidence. Um, I went to Ephesians 3.12. It says, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence yeah. through our faith in him. So I just want to share that. Amen. Well, they call it cocky. So that kind of, I, they always said that about me when I was, because I was little. What, and where does cocky come from? Where does that idea of cocky come from? It comes from a rooster. A banny rooster, cocky. And so as a little guy, I was, I was a banny rooster. I was cocky. Right? I had to be. And so, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people masquerade uh, confidence for insecurity. They act confident. That's why I don't watch what people say. I watch what they do for the most part. Jesus told us that, didn't he? You know them by their fruit. You know them by what they do, not what they say. Although saying is part of it, but it's doing that's critical. I, I can't believe it. Gold and silver still going down. If, folks, if you haven't got any gold and silver yet, geez. <laughs> oh, my goodness, I can't believe it. Jeff Klein, come in, Jeff. That's what made me think of. I saw Jeff last night. Go ahead. For tonight, Church in the Garage, we've got a new pastor we've teamed up with. So Pastor Bill's one Tuesday, Pastor Matt's the other Tuesday, every they switch. But here's a here's a pastor we have teamed up with that's got confidence. He's actually dealing with the issue at the local school here in Knox County with the second grader wearing a dress to school. He's standing up. So come in tonight. Pastor Matt will be there. It'll be great. Amen. Amen. So see, we're at war. And so we've got to shake off this idea of, anyway, uh, don't offend anybody. God loves everybody. Don't say anything harsh. You're going to have to figure out in your own mind, are, are you at war? Are you at war? Woody Hayes, a great football coach at Ohio State, said this. He said, I never saw a football player make a tackle with a smile on his face. Smiled afterwards. So we're going to have to decide whether we're at war or not. Right? Whether we're on a love boat or a battleship. I'm on the battleship. And I'm on the battleship because I have a lot of people I love. And they're counting on me to stand up and fight now. That's really, hey, folks, it's soon going to be too late. Soon going to be too late. Hi, Brett. Come on in, Brett. It is a spiritual battle, Coach. And hey, great job on your Brideon show yesterday. At the halfway mark, what the first breaking interview with Pastor Bill Dudphy was outstanding. And I just want to let you know, the investment of going to all 50 states, meeting small teams, we're engaging that group. You're going to see a national campaign, and uh, I'm going to get with him hopefully on Thursday for a video where we're going to encourage people to go to thechristianrevolution.net. They can enter Pastor Bill. We'll get that lawfare war chest for him. That's right. We're going to build that thing for him. If you didn't see our Bridie on show, I think I, we'll get it posted up here. A uh, couple things I want to cover today that I covered in that yesterday. That uh, again, for us to understand that uh, it's a war between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. It's not Republican, Democrat, old, young, black, white, rich, poor. It isn't any of that at all. And that the target is clearly on the chest 
dare I say it, of the white evangelical Protestant. Now, the target isn't on maybe on the chest of uh, the the cold, dead Presbyterians or the cold, dead uh, Baptists, but anybody who's out there standing up and speaking up and fighting back against the forces of darkness. So yesterday, as Brett just said, I spent uh, the second half of our Brighteon show talking with Pastor Bill Dunphy. Now, Pastor Bill Dunphy is a uh, bivocational pastor, meaning he works a job. So I just did it over the phone. But uh, we're going to get him and his story out there out there even more because uh, dude's laid it on the line. And I, I look, say what you want. Like people have been getting on me about Pete Santilli and they get on me about this guy. I said, dude, all I know, I look at him, I see scars. I see scars. I don't know how he got them, but he sure got some scars. And anybody's got some scars tells me they've been in a battle and I want to know more about it. And uh, so uh, I don't follow pretty bodies. I follow scars. I look for scarred bodies because those are the ones who've already counted the cost. Randy, come on in. I'll get rolling here. Coach, uh, three years ago when I got fined for spitting on the sidewalk and I, they wanted to take me to jail, and I stood up there with, for a lady and all that. Coach, I saw right then God is going to bring everyone into the fight that will fight. Bill Dunphy is just an example. He's a great man, a great fighter. God's going to bring him in, maybe take him center stage all over the country. Who knows? But this is his point, Coach. This is what he's doing. He's showing everybody the real church. And this is what I keep saying over and over, and people get tired of it. But we're an offensive team, and he ain't going to put the defenders up on the stage. He's going to put the offensive players on the stage right now. And and it is a confidence, Coach. You're right on this. You're nailing it. So this is a preview of what's coming, just to start. So we have to – we have to. A guy I was having a conversation – I had several conversations yesterday with several different people. I think maybe it was Pennsylvania Brett I was speaking to. And uh, asking the very simple question, what does offense look like? From our on on our team, what would offense look like? And uh, I said, "Well, buddy, that's why we've got to get together and huddle up and figure out an offensive game plan because we're not playing very good offense right now. We're just not. We're not playing very good offense because, for the most part, we've been taught through our church system that we're not supposed to be on the offense. That if we can just pray a hedge of protection around us, and the devil never will get near us, then we can just navigate through life and." Uh, Never, never, ever get harmed. And so we've taken taken the spiritual war, instead of making it about a battle between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman for control of the uh, cosmos, we've made it individual. And as long as the devil's leaving me alone, then I'm okay. I'm okay. You're okay. And uh, that's why I'm so adamant about we have to uh, rise up now and go stand with Pastor Bill Dunphy financially. Financially. It's called lawfare, friends. That's how they do it. They charge Bill Dunphy. He has to get a lawyer. He has to much, much money. They threaten him with $250,000 in fines or whatever, and uh, they destroy you financially. That's it. They don't need to convict him. They don't need to convict him. You, see, you get it, folks? See what's going on? See how they've trapped all those guys in J6, those J6ers still in jail, spending a lot of money trying to defend themselves? If they ever get a trial and they're found innocent, they will have lost their life savings, their homes, and will have spent a year and a half in jail. That's what we're that's what we're up against. 
And as my friend Chad Estes would say, our friend Chad Estes, you don't worry about mailbox being smashed till it's your mailbox. Well, they just smashed a mailbox. They just smacked. They just punched one of us. And we have to we have to step and help that up. And I'm I'm all I got some good stuff. I'm all over the place. Clay, go ahead. Well, this ain't about punishing Bill Dumpy. You know, no. this is this is a clear signal, folks. This is a clear signal that uh, you don't get on offense. They're, they're telling us if you get on offense, this is what's going to happen to you. So make sure That's you right. know that. That's right. And let, hey, Clay, I'm, I'm I'm calling the FBI out. I'm calling those guys out, huh? If they think they're gonna, if they think they're gonna silence me, hey, they could, right? They could come and lock me up and silence. They could, they could. But if they think I'm not going to continue to speak the truth because I'm worried that they're going to come and get me, hey, I'm not going to say come and get me because I don't want them to. But the interview that I did with Pastor Bill Dunphy yesterday, and you can you can hear it, and we'll get I'll get Pastor Bill on here. He's not real tech savvy. In fact, maybe even have a flip phone. I I don't know. He's not not real tech tech uh, tech savvy. But uh, the interview with him I had yesterday is he he was street preaching. He was street preaching. That's what he was doing. And then they created saying that he's trying to incite an overthrow of the government. How do you do that with just a Bible and a bullhorn? Somebody explain that to me. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to intimidate everybody else. And they'll come and pick somebody up, else up in two weeks. Say, oh, golly, shut everybody up. Well, I am not going to shut up. I'm not going to shut up. I'm not going to shut up. And so, uh, you know, you don't want to poke a bear in the, in the nose, but it, sometimes it is. It is what it is. Craig, come on in. They're testing the perimeter. They want to yeah. know if you have the ability to defend him or stand behind him or if Christians will or will not. It, it, it's a psyop for sure. It is for sure. It is for sure. Street preaching. He was street preaching. That's all he was doing. Roger. Oh, I was just going to give the cue a little bit of an update. Um, myself and, and a number of attorneys are being talked to about the role they can play. Uh, there are a number of public policy groups that are in discussion, and uh, it you know it'll be another week or so that uh, and we started talking dollars of what he needs. So those that are able to contribute now is the time. Um, but that's just a little bit of an update. Uh, you know things are being discussed, lawyers are being talked to, groups are being formed. Uh, we are looking and praying for that lead counsel that would come out and. Other of us would, you know, serve as kind of assistant co-counsel or whatever. So that's just a little update. But now's the time mm-hmm. to get. Now is the time to start getting uh, the war chest together. That's right. That so we're getting. Uh, thank you, Roger. We've we've taken in about six grand, I think, so far for Pastor Bill. And then uh, Ohio Brett's getting the Christian Revolution up and running here. So uh, we're going to raise uh, we're going to raise at least fifty thousand dollars for for his defense. We're not going to let him go down. I got so much to. And I've opened it up a little bit. Okay, so listen, I'm going to Emma, Laura, and Jack, and then that's it. Then I'm going to then I'm going to go someplace. Go, Emma. Coach, I'm glad I don't go to a church with a building, a regular building that has to be supported because now my money can go for the good stuff, like helping my brothers. Dude, there you go. Right, hey folks, I could do a whole teaching on that. I don't know if you believe in tithing or not. Doesn't matter whether you do. Doesn't matter. But I'm going to tell you something. If uh, uh, if we got some of that money that some of y'all are giving to the church, uh, we could advance the kingdom. 
Because as you know, most, most of the money stays in the church. I don't want your money. I don't need your money. If that's what, if that's what you heard, I'm sorry. Laura, come on in. Good morning. Um, I had emailed you last night. I found out about another pastor uh, who's been in jail for the last three six months. No, wait, not six months. Three months. And um, in uh, Pastor Valda, I can't pronounce his name, but he is letting people know about him as well. So there's he and he was just arrested for 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 casting out demons. <laughs> and uh, and so I sent you the the link, the YouTube link, in an email from a response to the morning, so you can see it. But this is super mm-hmm. real. And then my pastor here, um, I shared uh, your pastor about the pastor in, since I live in Chicago, the pastor, your pastor in Ohio, and this other pastor. Because tonight I pulled together a gathering. If you all can be in prayer with me at six o'clock Central Standard Time. We're going to be praying for the elections, and I'm praying with Stephanie Trussell. She's the uh, lieutenant governor who's running with Darren Bailey for the governor's position here in Illinois because it's a huge battleground. Um, We're going to be doing a prayer service, praying for pastors, praying for families, praying for, and it's all segmented out. All right, Laura, I I pulled up your email here. Uh, uh, I mean, listen, this is everywhere, right? This is everywhere everywhere. And I kick myself in the teeth every morning because I knew two years ago, the Lord told me to build a, a, a legal war chest. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I didn't, didn't do it. Didn't do it. We'll get there. Blessings. Uh, Jack. <clears throat> Jack. No, Jack. No, Jack. All right, cool. He was up there. Let me jump. Let me dive in here. Uh, let me dive in here where I want to go. Bear with me a second. Couple things. I got. I want to encourage you with a couple things because because uh, uh, we're winning. I don't know if you know that or not. We're actually we're actually winning. I keep telling you guys that stuff all the time. Uh, pull up for me. It says that uh, uh, gone. Shemekia Michelle. Clear down at the bottom. This lady is running in. Uh, uh, where is it? I don't know. I don't know. This is a maybe it's DC. This is this is very very short. This is a, this is the kind of stuff. These are the kind of candidates that we need. The folks. These are the kind of things that unashamed Christians need to begin to say. We have to move beyond our being concerned about offending. People, we have to move beyond that. Jesus Christ himself was known as the rock of offense. They didn't crucify Jesus Christ because he loved everybody. Now, your pastor may have told you that, but they crucified Jesus Christ because he spoke truth to power. He exposed the wickedness of those that were in power, both secular and religious. You know that, right? You know that. And he spoke against the secular wickedness, and they said, daggone it, we don't have any laws that we can shut that dude up. 
So they went to Caiaphas and they went to the religious folks and they said, can you do something about it? Is there anything that you guys can do about it? And so they said, sure, we can, we can. And they got him, they held a trial. And Jesus went in there and he called them white and sepulchers full of old dead men's bones and all corruptions that you heap up heavy burdens. He rebuked the religious leaders. And after the religious leaders had had enough of it, they said death to him. But they said, what are we going to do? We don't have a law that can put a man to death. What are we going to do? Oh, let's take him to Caesar. What'd Pilate say? What'd Pilate say? I don't see anything this guy's done wrong. I'm washing my hands of this one. (laughs) In my mind, he's okay. I want to let him go. But no, no. Pilate had to, he had to appease the woke mob, didn't he? The woke mob stirred up by the religious folks, by the way. And what did he do? Barabbas! Give us Barabbas! You guys know the story, don't you? Huh? Oh, yeah, Jesus fed the 5,000. Yeah, he spread a lot of good cheer. But they took him down because he stood up against power. And if you hear, ever hear anybody in your church give you a sermon on how Jesus didn't get involved in politics, you need to stand up and from the top of your lungs scream, that's a lie! They crucified him over politics! You don't think Caiaphas and the high priests were dealing with the, with the, what was the name of the guy? Uh, not the uh, high officials with Herod. You don't think they were back dealing? The religious folks getting the government to do their dirty work for, work for, oh, you're a big boy and big girl, don't you? You understand that, don't you? And you also understand this, that when you open your mouth and speak the word, you're going to get your butt in trouble. And Jesus Christ himself, they asked him about John the Baptist, basically saying, hey, John was out of line, wasn't he, Jesus? Huh? He was out of line. <laughs> Jesus, are you kidding me? So said, all those born under a woman may never been a better one than John the Baptist. Because what did he do? He spoke truth to power. He didn't do, he didn't do friendship evangelism. He didn't keep his mouth shut to appease the government. He spoke truth. Why did he speak truth? Because he was a representative of the king of kings. He was a, he was a physical representative of God. He was the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead was in John the Baptist. And when he went before governors and kings as a testimony against them, think not what you shall speak, for it shall be given unto you that same hour that you speak, because it's not you that speaks, but your daddy who's in you, and he's speaking through you, boy. Now, you can do all the love, 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 love gospel you want to. You can do all you want to. But when you nut it down, they crucified the king of kings because he dabbled in politics. Anybody disagree with that? Amen. So here we can see this because this this is the kind this is what this is this is what I'm looking for. Great answer from a beautiful traditional Christian woman. Hang on. Who happens to be black? Who cares? But that's what they'll tell you, right? See how they got all the blacks over here? They're all they're all over there. The blacks over there. We can't have them with the whites. You don't think that's you don't think that's being done on purpose? 
Here's a Christian woman. He sounds like me. It's about a minute, 21 seconds in a debate. Go ahead. So, yes, I think that the black community does actually need strong nuclear families, but not because we're black, but because that's the natural order. Amen. And so I think it would be safe to say that Reese may not be a Christian because when God looked at man, he said it's not good for man to be alone. He gave him a woman. He didn't Amen. give him a village. He didn't give him the community. He said, be fruitful and multiply to this man and this woman. So it's supposed to be God husband, wife, child, and that's the natural order. And that's why I think we can see some of the foolishness that we see in the black community because we are out of order. And we can make up all of this stuff that sounds good. I'm from a single parent home and I'm not somewhere cracked out in the street selling my body. However, that is not ideal. It would have been better for me to be in God's order to have a mother and a father to raise me. And that's just what it is. You know, the effect that it's had, we've had women for generations now saying that they don't need a man and we have boys that don't want to be one. The generations of women saying they don't need a man and now we have a generation of men who don't want to be one. Huh? Boom! Because I got to tell you why. I'm looking at this picture. Those guys up there, I bet every one of those guys claim to be Christian. But they're black first. Please put that in the chat. I put that in the chat. You get what I just said? I don't care if I made some of you mad. Some of you people, some of you folks, all of us, identity politics, and we bought into it. We identify. We live in identity politics. Conservative, Republican, liberal. uh, They create the slots that we are, and we walk in the slot. It's like when you go to a football game and you got the ticket and you look at the ticket and they say, oh, honey, gate six, we're in gate six. You walk around, you walk in gate six. They're doing that exactly to us in the world. All conservative Republicans go around that, go in that gate. All Trump supporters go over and go in that gate. All black, there's a gate for you, right? Mixed, oh, there's a gate. That's it. You get it? You get it? And, and supposedly we all, we all love America. Supposedly, Myra, come on in. Laura, you've already spoken. You're going to take your hand down unless you want to say something else. Go ahead, no, Myra. Yes, yes, I do. Um, in regard to um, helping the warriors out there, Colossians 3.13, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven us, so you also must forgive. Amen. Amen. Pull up non-binary spike. Got this from Craig, the numbers guy, Mr. Mr. Numbers. Pull that up for me, Spence. Maryland's largest school district has seen a 582% spike in students identifying as non-binary. I wonder where they got that idea. Hey, Ethel, where did our boy learn to... Not be either a boy or a girl. You've been teaching them that, Ethel. You think indoctrination doesn't work, huh? Indoctrination doesn't work. 582%. I don't even know what non-binary means. Do you you think that the average teenage child back in 1961 when I was in school 
knew what non-binary meant. Do you think there was any doubt in the mind of any, any school child as to whether they were a boy or a girl? Now, they may have had gay tendencies. I'm not talking about that. But what would they have done in 1971 when I graduated from high school if one of our students wanted to be one of my football playing buddies all of a sudden wanted to be a girl, would they put a dress on him? Would they send him to either an exorcist or a psychologist? And instead, we normalize it, and now the increase is up 582%. What if we taught the gospel of the kingdom of God in the schools? Huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's indoctrination going on for sure, boys and girls. Okay, can, you put that, can you put that in the chat? That I'll put it all in the chat, man. Because, look, you don't find this kind of stuff in a lot of places, do you? No. I'm loaded for bear today, by the way. I'm still getting, still rolling down through here. Did you guys see the, the Connects CEO? Oh, you probably didn't see that. Go ahead and pull that one up there real quick. It's a YouTube video. Yeah. Uh, some of us who've been rubbing elbows against uh, Pete Santilli, well, I'll be darned. Did you guys, the Connect, the uh, uh, Connect is one of the vote counting apps. Hmm. They just arrested the CEO. Play that real quick. Just, just play a minute of This right here real. is a computer company called Connect. They are based out of Michigan, and they provide, among several other things, computer-related services to the election departments of various counties throughout the entire nation. And to give an example of the exact type of election services that they provide, well, back in the year 2020, this company signed an agreement with Los Angeles County. Specifically, Connect was the winner of a five-year-long $2.9 million contract with L.A. County. And in exchange for this money, Connect was supposed to provide Los Angeles with an election worker management system, a system that they designed called Poland. Okay, you can stop. Now, so here's what we data. know. All the data goes to China. All the data goes to China. All of it goes to China, right? Mm. Folks, I, I, we're, we're, in the, we're, banana, we're, we're banana republic. <laughs> we're, it's amazing, man. It's amazing. Craig, go ahead real quick. I got more. I got more. Go ahead. Well, Coach, uh, you know, if you, anybody has a child in public schools now and they get an assignment and they have 7 plus 3 equals 10 and your child writes 9, then your child needs to make an appeal and say, well, my my 3 is identifying as a 2 today. Yeah. And that is, that is a correct answer. And so we have to use this absurdity to expose absurdity to the school system. Okay, Craig. So, so would it be safe to say that I no longer identify as a taxpayer? Can I do that? So I, I just, I just came to my goodness. I just had one of those moments, and I realize now that I'm not a taxpayer. Now, from the time I've been growing up, they've been telling me that I am, but I'm non-binary. I'm, I'm not a taxpayer. Would I get away with that? I don't know. Will I get away with it? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, look, I want to show you something. Go to number four down to bottom. Number four. I showed this on my Brideon show yesterday, but I think it's important to show you all here again and go to the four-minute mark. This is Glenn Beck. This is that. the 11. This is my 11. The 11 pro-lifers that were just charged with a face violation. Cal Zastro, Eva Edel, uh, Corey uh, Zastro, uh, um, 
not Eva Zaster wasn't quite Eva, uh, Jim Zaster, Chet Gallagher. Those are my those are my buddies. These are people that I've done ministry work with over the years. I've stood outside the abortion clinics with them, just charged with a face violation. And by the way, probably ought to be raising a bunch of money for their defense as well. But Glenn Beck, uh, I want you to see this, folks, because they're charging them with a face violation. Faces F federal. A, access, C, to clinic, C, entrances, E. Face, federal access to clinic entrances. It's a felony to block an entrance at an abortion clinic to prevent somebody from getting uh, an abortion. We used to call those rescues. They used to do them all the time. In fact, out of that was birthed Operation Rescue, where people went and sat down in front of the abortion door so women couldn't go in. It would shut down the abortion clinic for the day and women couldn't get abortions. Well, the federal government, oh, God bless the federal government, they passed the Federal Access to Clinic Entrances Act. By the way, that act right now is null and void. I hope they get a good lawyer because there's no right to an abortion anymore. So therefore, face goes out the window. But anyway... Our 11 buddies show up at a, an abortion clinic down in is it Nashville, somewhere down there in Tennessee, and they go inside the building and they pray and sing hymns and don't block anybody or anything. And uh, they, got a, they got arrested, facing uh, 11 years in jail, a quarter of a million dollar in fines for not blocking a clinic entrance. Not blocking it. <laughs> they weren't blocking it. They were doing free speech, by the way, of sharing the gospel with those about to kill their babies. And the same people who are after Christians, I'm trying to wake you up to see, Merrick Garland arrested 11 of them. And Glenn Beck picked up on it. This is about a three-minute clip. And I want you to watch the video of what they were actually doing inside the abortion clinic. Now, listen. First of all, it's abortion mill. It's not a clinic. Because the media is doing the exact same thing they did with J6, right? They are making peaceful protesters non-peaceful. They're lying. They're making it up. Glenn Beck exposed it. Go ahead real quick. These incidents of where that show the opposite. Is this the one in the hallway? Yeah, let's play this video real quick if you happen to be watching Blaze TV. My gosh, it's almost... It's almost like Antifa. Look at them. They're... Hey, guys. We need to carry this outside, guys. We can't do it here. We cannot block up the hallways. We cannot block up the hallways. Guys. They're not blocking the hallways, by the way. We They're not. Outside. Do we have an understanding, guys? We need to carry it outside. We cannot block up the hallways. You're not blocking the hallways. He's walking through it. Telling that. Easily walking through. Now, now they it's not you yeah. could get them for trespassing, which is what the local police do. That was a misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. But they're they're going after the one they came in yesterday. Guns a blazing. The FBI guns a blazing at this guy's house. He happened not to be there at the time. He's seventy three years old. Chet Gallagher. Eva still in jail. She's eighty seven. Guns a blazing. Got to take her down. He's a former cop. Uh, Cal Zastro 
when they issued the arrest warrant for Cal Zastro, they couldn't arrest Cal Zastro because he was in the Ukraine sharing the gospel. It's the exact same thing that they did to Pastor Bill Dunphy. Street preaching. What did they say? Give us Barabbas. We will not have this Jesus reign over us. Now, you sitting down? Because I'm going to show you one of the people, one of the 11 that they arrested. 87, number three, 87-year-old Eva Adel. I know Eva Adel. I know her. I've done ministry work with Eva Adel. I know Eva Adel. 87 years old. She looks good for 87, by the way. Holocaust survivor. One of the 11 arrested for trying to rescue babies. And uh, here's a one-minute clip. She compares, hang on a second. She's comparing the Holocaust, which she was a survivor of, and abortion, which is a Holocaust on the preborn. She compares the two. They have arrested her, facing 11 years in jail, $250,000 in fines for what you just saw, for what you just saw. Go ahead. When I was nine years old during World War II, I was shipped in a cattle car to a death camp to be exterminated. I wish that good people would have placed their bodies across those train tracks and pleaded for our lives. Yes, church bells were ringing in nearby towns, but Christians were too afraid to take action. I know if only a few had done so, they would have been crushed and demonized. But if thousands had run to the scene, they could have shifted the culture. Abortion clinics are America's death camps. Please go there to pray, to plead for the lives of unborn babies, and to give help to women in need. I believe with God's help, we can still shift our culture to a culture of life again. Please join me for week 40 on November 17. Eva Adel. Please put that in the chat. Put that in the chat. Uh, Holocaust survivor. Isn't it interesting? The pastor Bill Dunphy sharing the gospel at the Capitol. Eva Adel. Cal Zastro, Chet Gallagher sharing the gospel at the uh, abortion murder mill. They're arrested. Woe to those who call good evil and evil good. And our government, by the way, Romans 13. Can you pull that up there real quickly? Romans 13. I got it right in front of me here. Because Christians... I don't, I don't care what your fat pastor told you or your skinny one or your woman or your homosexual pastor. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Now, friends, listen. We're not talking about individuals here. We're talking about positions. The, the senator is a job. It's not a person. House representatives, a job, not a person. Those are the higher powers, right? Whoever, therefore, resisteth the power, not of the authorities, folks, but the higher powers, because there is no power 
but of God. So anybody who resists the power of God is the lawbreaker. You follow this? I don't care what your sissy pastors taught you. Whoever therefore resisteth the power, can I put of God? Resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist the ordinances of God shall receive to themselves damnation. So the elected officials who are promoting the killing of unborn children are going to receive damnation. Amen. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but they are a terror to evil works. Now, here's what's going on. The evil people got in control, and they changed good and evil. Woe to those who call good evil and evil good. That's exactly what they've done. They've changed good into evil, and then your pastor told you to obey that government. When you can see in the first two and a half verses, that is bogus. Boom. For rulers are not a terror to good works, street preaching, rescuing babies. But rulers are a terror to evil. Will you then not be afraid of the power? Which power? The government or God? Do that which is good, and you shall have praise of the government. Not done what it says, but that's what it says. Except the government changed good and evil. For he is a minister. Are you ready? Because that elected official is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do that which is evil, (laughs) be very afraid. Hey, folks, they changed good and evil, didn't they? They changed good and evil. For he... The elected official beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God. So in other words, the police officers that come and arrest pro-lifers, they're ministers of God for good? Huh? They are revengers to execute wrath upon those that doeth evil. So in order for them to be in compliance, they have to change good and evil. Yeah, they got to change. Killing a baby is good. Rescuing a baby, evil. Do you, do you see it? Do you see the, you see the flip-flop they've done on this? Wherefore, you must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For this cause, pay you tribute. So for that, this is why you pay taxes, he says, to enforce good. You pay taxes because these are ministers of God for good. Pay them, doing their job. They're doing good with it. No, they're not. They changed good. They're now ministers of evil. For they are ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Watch this. Render, therefore, to all their dues. Tribute to whom tribute is due. Custom to whom custom. Fear to whom fear. Honor to whom honor. They've totally reversed it. 
totally, completely upside down. Inverted. And the pastors are telling you to obey the government. It's unbelievable. Joe Allen, go. Then Jeff. We talk about standing. Miss Eva has been to our church down here, as well as our Killingfield Mill, and stood and also got arrested down here. So, and and her explanation when she talked to us Sunday, she'd been arrested hundreds of times. Not once, not twice, hundreds. <clears throat> So minister of God for good, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. Uh, are unborn babies Caesar's? Am I, am I missing something here? They belong to Caesar, do they? Your individual liberties, your individual rights, they, be, they belong to Caesar? You're dumber than a rock. Must have gone to public school. Jeff Klein. Come on in, Jeff. No, Let's go back to the face law, federal access to clinics slash churches. They wrote that bill also for the churches. They threw that in there. Most Christians don't know that. We thought six or seven years ago, we were the first church to file face law. What did the government do? Totally wouldn't allow it. Destroyed it. And they were on the steps of our church at the doors, trespassing. Jeff, render unto unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, Jeff. The government wants to protect you. They're looking out for your good. Joanne? Yes, in biblical times, um, biblical times during Moses' time, the women were told to murder the children when they were born, and they refused. So I think maybe our step is to get to them before they get to that clinic, before they get there. Is our chance to save those babies? Hey, Joanne, how about this? <laughs> how about the death penalty for the mom? That it stopped stop then, it. wouldn't it, boys and girls? It stopped then, wouldn't it, boys and girls? Hey, would fornication stop then, boys and girls? Boom. Amen. Say, Coach, you're radical. You're too radical. Well, am I? The Lord's the one that said it. The Lord's the, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And I, by the way, I'm going to go to speak to a high school today. And I'm going to go in there. And I'm going to stand in front of, I don't know, 150 kids today. And there won't be 10 of them that will understand right and wrong. Products of the Roman indoctrination centers that you and I are taught to put our children into. God help us. God help us. See you tomorrow.